What's up, guys? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back to Spicy Memories, the podcast where we talk about food and life and stuff. Uh, this one's going to be a little different. Uh, I'm going to do this one solo before I have a string of episodes coming out with a bunch of people. Um, we have some really great guests coming up. Um, the first guest that I've ever had on the show, uh, Jess Lopez. She is uh, an artist. She is a fitness coach now. She is a very old friend of mine, and uh, she was my first ever actual human guest back in the days when I used to record this in person and feed people. And yeah, that I think it's a, it's a hard... I mean, uh, the recording quality was pretty bad because the two mics that I had set up were just not working. So Jess and I basically had to share this one stupid little mic in my living room <laughs> at the time. And um, yeah, it was. I think I fed her poke. Um, that was my thing was I was basically going to feed everybody for every episode, but that, that, that stopped pretty quickly. Um, so Jess will be coming on. We got Kat Dempsey, good friend of mine from Dental Records Music. Um, a buddy of mine, Jack, <clears throat> he has a wine Instagram and Facebook page and food blog, um, called Fitz's Fixins. Uh, it's, it's amazing. He, he does recipes. He reviews wine. He had a whole budget friendly series. So all these people are coming up. And uh, I'll announce them all, and uh, this will this this will be proof whether or not you actually listened to my goddamn episode <laughs> because you people are getting a preview, and uh, not everyone will. So haha. So if you if it turns out that you're an actual uh, fan, then you know it'll become very clear. But um, I don't know. I mean, this isn't going to be too long of an episode. You know, I got some time on my hands, and um, I just wanted to. You know, just basically record a day of me and <laughs> kind of give people a little bit of background for those who are newer listeners, maybe people that just started listening to the podcast. There's a lot of people who listen to the podcast who don't know me. There's a lot of people that do know me. Um, a lot of people, you know, have known me for a long time, and so they're not surprised when they hear the batshit fucking crazy things that come out of my mouth. But a lot of people here are relatively new. So, um, yeah, I figured I'd give... A small little background as far as that, and uh, also just kind of talk about where I've been at lately, and I think we all need some time to reflect every now and then, you know, we need a time of kind of, you know, self, uh, I don't want to say self-magnetism, no, that's the wrong, I don't. I can't fucking speak today, um, yes, it, you know, like self-realization, I guess, when you, when you realize that you've gone through a change recently, um, you know, and I've been listening to uh, my friend Danielle has a podcast called Back to Basic, which if you don't listen to Back to Basic podcast, you totally should. It's freaking awesome. She's she's awesome. And on the last episode, actually, I think two nights ago, I was listening to it. I mean, she releases new episodes every Wednesday on uh, Spotify and Apple, I think. But um, she was talking about, you know, kind of, you know, she she's had a, like a reoccurring theme of like not getting in your own way and like dealing with like anxieties and like, you know having to like be a perfectionist and all that stuff. And she was talking about this book that she started reading, which a lot of you probably know, um, by Mark Manson called The Subtle Act of Not Giving a Fuck. And, you know, this came out, I think like five years ago. And I remember seeing it when it came out because those were the days when I was still like going to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> and I wanted to read it for a while. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I heard, I finally heard Danielle talking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I can do this. Let me just get the audiobook. And so I, I blew through a very good chunk of it within, I don't know, not even like a one evening, basically. I started last night and I'm already like, I think almost halfway done, but it's, it's, I don't know, it, it kind of opened up my mind and, but also kind of made me realize that there's a lot of things in there that I'm kind of already doing within the realm of like food. So just to start with like a little background, 
for those of you listening who don't necessarily maybe know me, um, I'm not a professional chef. I have said that multiple times. Um, I People call me a chef. And if you mean that in the fact that I come up with recipes, then yeah, I come up with recipes, but I wouldn't label myself a chef. You know, becoming a chef is an earned title if you work in the food world. Um, it's a title that you build whether you went to culinary school or not, but it's it's earned through hard work and, you know, expertise and not even so much that. And it's not about length of time. It's about knowing how to be a leader, you know? And I mean, because the, the kitchen is set up very much like a brigade system where, you know, it's the old French is like, we chef, you know, just like, yes, yeah, chef, that's it. No, like no matter what. And, you know, it's if you can also create a great environment where people want to be in that kitchen, which is one of the hardest jobs ever. I mean, you're on your feet for, you know, sometimes 10 or more hours a day straight. And, you know, if you're on the line, you're basically just like, you know, you have one solid job for the entire time. So if you know how to be a leader, then yes, you've earned the title of chef. But I am not, um, I am not a professional chef by any means. I actually work in education. Um, I've been working in education for almost 10 years now. Actually, this year makes it about 10 years, which is insane. But um, I didn't think I'd be doing that at this point. But um, yeah, I actually, I work at a school in the Bronx uh, for the blind and um, I do like administration stuff. I don't teach. I'm like a, you know, I'm like an executive assistant, but I also do like social media and, you know, inventory and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a nice place to work, but it's also, you know, I got to wear a suit and tie every single day and I have to, you know, realize that I'm working with Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with sometimes like, you know, important people, sometimes politicians, like sometimes I have to, you know, I have to keep a very specific kind of persona. And, you know, this page, this podcast and this whole like Captain Cook life, it kind of helped me kind of break away from that. And I think part of the book that I'm able to kind of adapt myself is that um, is like knowing when to give a fuck. I mean, that's that's the whole thing is like. He calls it in the book, like, the subtle art of giving a fuck, because as he points out, like, uh, it, um, you know, you can't just walk around not giving a shit about anybody. You're going to end up fucked. You're, you're, you're screwed. So there is, there is an art to it. And I think it's more about, um, not compartmentalizing. I think it's more about, like, knowing how to properly divert your passion and your attention, like, knowing what to actually give a shit about, right? And so I stopped... I've tried to stop getting so frustrated about the fact that I'm like, you know, locked in this suit and tie and at this desk for eight hours a day. And I've realized that, you know, I've, I've looked at it a different way because I care more about the food business and I have no problem telling anybody, I have no problem telling anybody at my job that like, it doesn't affect me doing my job. Well, you know, I'm very good at my job and, you know, I'm very professional and I'm never late if I can help it. Uh, and I'm never, you know, I'm, I never act, you know, not, not accordingly, you know, I'm, I'm very good in that way, but that doesn't change the fact that it's not necessarily like a passion of mine. I mean, you know, do I love education and administration? Like, no, I love food. You know, I consume everything that I'm doing when I'm not in that place usually has to do with food. I'm listening to food podcasts. I'm reading food blogs. I'm looking up recipes. I'm thinking of recipes. I'm thinking of new hot sauces I can make. I'm, you know, thinking about, you know, now I'm weekly going to this local restaurant around here called Hayfields uh, where I'm... You know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of their, I'm doing all of their like hot sauces and like spice rubs and shelf stable stuff. And, you know, I'm thinking about that. And I think because I'm able to properly divert my attention, it changes the, uh, the angst maybe that used to be there. So I think, 
you know, maybe a good step for a lot of people would be to realize like there are there are times when you absolutely can give a fuck, but you just have to realize what those things are. And if you focus more on those, the other parts kind of fall into place. You don't have to actively stop giving a shit. You know, I mean, that just happens. And I haven't gotten all the way through the book, so I don't know if he talks about this or not. But, you know, if you properly focus on the right things and you actually give a fuck about certain things in your life, you don't have to also actively not give a shit about those things that you're supposed to not really care about. You know, that just kind of happens. And it just it's just how it is. And then you're okay with it, you know? Like, I have no problem saying I do like my job uh, in certain aspects. And I really respect my boss and the people I work with. And it's a school for the blind. And it's a very great nonprofit school that provides amazing services for these kids um, who are who are great students, regardless of any disability they may have. But, you know, I, I can also admit at the same time, that's not necessarily my passion. I think you could find most people there, for the exception of maybe a very few who that's that's their case too is there that that's not necessarily their passion they're there for some reason um and i you know i don't know it's just i feel like me reallocating my focus like that kind of helped uh help me focus better on how to kind of move things with my hot sauce forward and all that so i'm not a professional chef and i would like to one day maybe do food full-time if i could ever make a living doing that would be great um you know, I've really loved the food world and I love the people in the food world. And, you know, no matter who you meet, um, you know, you become friends pretty quickly because it's just like a mutual respect that's there. And, you know, when you know that you're talking to somebody who has not the similar job, but a similar passion as you, it's, it's very different. And I don't mean that like in a romantic sense. I mean, like when you're talking to somebody that you're going to be working with, maybe like professionally, right. Or like in a kitchen or something. And you know that the person that you're, you know, talking from now six feet away, um, you know that they're just as passionate, if not more, in this kind of realm. It, like, sparks something inside of you. It makes you a better, you know, uh, a craftsman, a better craftsman in that realm. It makes you a better person. It makes you more creative. It makes you push yourself a little bit more. You know, when you surround yourself with people like that in a creative space, you know, whether it's food or not, that's, you know, that's why they always tell you, especially in, like, a sport, like, sometimes it's better to play with somebody always who's better than you because, it pushes you to actually like think of new ways and try different things and try to, you know, it's the same way with food. But yeah, so where I'm at now is there's a place in Hayfields called North and uh, there's a place in, Hay, in uh, North Salem. Oh, Jesus Christ, I really can't speak today. Sorry, I'm like on no sleep. Um, there's a place in North Salem, New York called Hayfields and it's an amazing cafe, part florist, part home decor market. They have outdoor fire pits and seating and there's like, you know, greenhouses. It's just it's such a vibe it's such a cool place and i'm really happy to be working uh with the head chef there paul and so you know I'm, I'm pumping out some hot sauces and spice rubs for them because they have their own brand of a lot of stuff and so now my business is kind of transferred into making you know kind of custom sauces for this place and i kind of love it it's amazing you know i mean i uh i think that making spice rubs and hot sauce it's something that how do I put this delicately? It's something that you usually just kind of grab on the shelf, right? It's something uh, that you never really put a lot of thought into. It was just always there. Um, and you kind of took it for granted a little bit. You know, you go in, you grab a bottle of hot sauce, you're like, all right, good, I'm done. And there were, and, and it was weird because there were like always all these options. You know, there was like Frank's and Tabasco and like Crystal and Louisiana hot sauce and Texas Pete's. And then you had like the sriracha type sauces and then like all that stuff. And, 
the, there's a real like nuance to it and there's a real like way to do it properly and a way to not do it properly and I you know I make a very specific kind of sauce for those of you that have tried it it's um it's not one of those just like Tabasco blitzed peppers with vinegar kind of sauces um it is it is a little more fruity it's um you know it's tropical coffee habanero that's the name of my main hot sauce and it's got a lot of great fruit in there uh, mixed with actual espresso grounds uh, that are also mixed with like a kind of like tomato base and then orange habanero peppers. And it's it's weird because it's like you wouldn't think of that as something that would taste good, but it's kind of like sweet and then it is kind of sharp at the same time. And then there's heat, but because it's real peppers and there's no like extract, it's not like a severe heat. Um, so it's nice in a way. It's kind of like, ooh, all right. It like kind of kind of like cools you down a little bit. Um, and it doesn't last long because it's real peppers. You know, a lot of these hot sauces that people make nowadays, they use what's called like pepper extract, which is essentially mace. That's literally what mace is, is it's pepper extract. And if you add that to anything, it's going to be fucking spicy. It's going to be insanely spicy. So a lot of these companies, the bigger companies or people that just want to pump out a sauce and don't really know what they're doing, you know, they'll use pepper extract so they could you know, just have whatever kind of flavor they want and, you know, not have to worry about getting actual real fresh peppers. So, um, I don't, <laughs> I don't do that when it makes a loss. Um, and you know, my spice rubs too, I have like a rotisserie rub that I make. Um, I'm also, I'm going to be releasing them this week probably, but, um, I, because I, you know, I was, I was coming up with recipes recipes that I had for a little while that I wanted to release at Hayfields with that place, but they were the first people to have it. And they're the only people to have it right now. But, uh, this spice rub called swamp mustard, which sounds kind of weird, but it's basically like a Cajun hot, dry mustard rub, which is dope. And, uh, I have a rotisserie rub. Um, I also have something called potato brunch, which is similar to like Montreal steak spice, uh, with a little bit more kick. It's kind of meant for like potatoes. Um, so yeah, you know, I, there's, there's, there is like a kind of art to all of this, but I'm also, I don't want to oversell myself. Like I'm not, I'm not some amazing executive chef coming up with like reductions and, you know, these incredible recipes that, you know, everybody in the West village is going to be like, this is the new thing in food. Like, that's not what I'm doing at all. Like I'm making, you know, okay spice rubs and, and hot sauce. Um, and, um, I mean, I don't know, I'm not also trying to belittle myself. I mean, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's also, not like I need to go to the CIA or anything for this. Um, CIA meaning Culinary Institute of America, not the fucking CIA. So I'm really hoping probably should have clarified that regardless. Um, you know, so it's, it's, I, I don't know. I feel like I took that for granted for a lot of years, which is maybe why I dove into this world so much. So I think that I've been, I've been trying to focus more intently for the past like year on what I actually excel at when it comes to food. And this has to do a lot with like my personality change too. I've I when I first got involved in, you know, food blogging and coming up with recipes and shit like that, I was very much all over the place. I was very much of the opinion like you have to be everywhere all at once. You got to learn everything, learn as much as you can, and that's hundred percent true too. You should all always, 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 always consume as much information as possible, um, because you know you, if you never stop learning, then you know, it's you have a very fulfilling life. But you know also you need to realize what you're really, really good at, because that, if you could focus on that, that might create more happiness for you than you ever thought possible. 
And for me, what I realized is like, I'm, I'm okay at a lot of stuff with cooking. You know, I can cook some dishes really, really well. You know, I mean, I, my family is Italian. Um, so we were making, I've been making red sauces since I was literally 10 years old myself, you know, uh, like we used to have red sauce that I made for dinner and, you know, I can make sandwiches. Like I make a really good sandwich, you know, or like a grilled cheese I can do really well, or, you know, steak dinners, pork chops, chicken breasts, stuff like this, whole chickens. It's why I came up with the rotisserie rub. Um, you know, I'm, and then, you know, I, I, there's a lot of stuff I can make, but there's only a few things that I'm like really good at. And like, I'm really good at like pizza and I'm really good at hot sauce. Like I'm good with pizza because I usually make my own dough and I know how the dough is because I make each dough and I've kind of perfected like the home sheet pan pizza, which sounds stupid, but a lot of us are not in professional kitchens. We don't have an oven that can go up to a thousand degrees. So when you're dealing with an oven that only goes up to like 475, 500 or 550, if you're lucky, um, you need to do it differently. And I've kind of perfected that. Um, with hot sauce too, I, I realized that, I, I don't know, I was sick of those of those flavors that were just blasted out your ass and, you know, just all vinegar, all peppers. And I was sick of the, you know, the, the ones that had no real flavor and were just pepper extract, you know? And I, I, I really, real, I realized that when I went to the hot sauce expo in 20, oh fuck, I want to say 16 or 17. Um, I met Sean Evans from Hot Ones there. That was dope. But, um, my old boss took me there, my friend Matt, and, uh, we were walking around and shit. And I kind of realized then I was like, you know, it's kind of easy just to come up with a catchy name and like a nice company, but like half these things just tasted like shit from the samples I was t taking. And, you know, if you put, you know, like butthole reaper <laughs> on the, on the label and put like a big skull and crossbones or like a grim reaper, that's going to sell just because somebody wants to buy a bottle called butthole reaper. Um, there's a real sauce that's close to that, that I don't want to say because I don't want to get sued, but it's, I swear to God, it's, it's, it's closer to that than I really would be comfortable with. But um, I think I realized at that expo that anybody could kind of come up with like a catchy name or whatever, but like, you know, to make an actual flavorful sauce, it takes, it takes some work. It takes a lot of like patience and you have to mess around with flavors and try shit that, you know, you think is good. You know, I mean, recently I tried out a couple of recipes that, you know, one of them I liked, one of them I hated. Um, I made a papaya based hot sauce it was like papaya habanero and like blood orange and i was like mm. i was like is this just weird enough to where it might work or is this like no and i'm still like very on the fence i'm like you know i'm like if people don't like papaya i'm like this is really because i've always gotten like you know i've had even people that i know like when i see my hot sauce they're like oh what is it and i'm like oh it's like you know tropical fruit like mangoes and stuff and then you know coffee habanero peppers they're like oh they're like what if somebody is like doesn't like coffee? I'm like, well, the name coffee is in the fucking title, so I'm assuming they're not going to be buying my hot sauce. Um, and aside from that, you know, if somebody's not a fan of hot sauce, they're not going to be buying my hot sauce. It's that simple. So I'm not making it for those people. I'm making it for myself, and I'm making it for anyone who's ever bought it before and who loves it. You know, I ran a couple Indiegogo campaigns. I put a couple thousand dollars worth of hot sauce bottles out there from people who contributed. I have an Etsy shop where I've sold. It's it. I mean, it's got to be you know, I don't know, 60 bottles within a few months, um, of me being on there to play people all over the country, which has been amazing. Some I know, some I don't. Um, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm making it for those people. I'm making it for people that have told me that it's really good flavor because I enjoy 
you know, if you're really a cook and you can ask any chef this, no chef will hate or turn their head away at somebody who really loves their food. In fact, it's usually the opposite. Usually that's why they're cooking, if not for any other reason. It's because a chef goes into a kitchen because it's the one thing in the world that actually makes sense to him or her or them. It's it's the one place that they are able to be their own person in their own way and create their art in their specific, you know, own process. It's a lot of times, you know, for years in the days of, you know, Anthony Bourdain being young and stuff and him coming up with the idea for Kitchen Confidential and writing that for everybody, you know, the kitchen was a place for misfits. It was a place for, you know, people that had no other place in society. People were, you know, they could be considered basically criminals and scum in most aspects of society, but in the kitchen, they flourished. Now, that may or may not be true. I mean, I know it was for a while because they were the only jobs that would hire, you know, people with records or people who literally had no other positions, a job that you could train somebody to do from scratch without any prior knowledge. Um, it's not like that anymore. I mean, you get a mix of a lot of kind of people that want to be in a kitchen. But, you know, if you are a cook, if you're like a real cook and like a chef in a kitchen, you're there because you know, you know what you're doing. Like, you are within the process, you know, if that makes any fucking sense at all. Like, you've locked yourself in. And I don't know. I mean, ask any chef. They thoroughly enjoy when people love their food. Like, I'm talking, they love it. You know, that's why you cook food. You usually get into food not just because you love food, but because you love it that you can make other people happy with your cooking. And you can make other people happy with your art in a way. I mean, that's kind of the best part of it is... You know, why else would you cook for other people? If any of these people were in kitchens and they were just cooking for themselves, you know, you can act like you're, you know, Marco Pierre White all you want. I'll get into him in a minute. You know, but at the end of the day, you are cooking for other people. And it's because you love serving other people and you love making people happy. You know, chefs like Marco Pierre White, who I'll get into in a second, chefs can be batshit crazy, as you know, and they can be insane, and they can be controlling, and some of them are not good cooks, some of them are bad chefs. There are bad chefs out there, just like there's bad bosses in every business. But, you know, even the ones that can be batshit crazy might still have a little bit of spark of genius, and even those crazy ones still care about people actually liking their food. And not critics, I mean like people liking their food. Like people sitting down in their restaurant. Now, Marco Pierre White, this fucker, um, some of you may know his name, a lot of you probably don't. For those of you who don't know, Marco Pierre White is a British chef. He's considered one of the first, like, quote-unquote celebrity chefs of, like, the 80s, early 90s. I'm not talking about, like, Julia Child kind of celebrity, not TV like that. I mean, like, a chef in the kitchen who was, you know, who then all of a sudden started getting some TV spots and a chef who, you know, was known for his crazy, you know, crude behavior. He was, he was insane too. It's rumored that he used to throw people out of the restaurant if they would either send something back or if they would ask for like more salt on a dish, he would literally throw them out of the restaurant. Um, fun fact too, he was the head chef and mentor for certain people that you may know, people like Mario Batali, um, and another person who you may know, Mr. Gordon fucking Ramsay. Yeah. Marco Pierre White was the head chef for Gordon Ramsay. He trained uh, Gordon Ramsay when Gordon Ramsay was a sous chef. And if you think Gordon Ramsay is bad, he's he's fucking child's play compared to Marco Pierre White. Marco Pierre White is a lunatic. Marco Pierre White, the last time he saw Mario Batali before like 2007 or something like that, um, it was years ago. And he said he wasn't sure how the meeting was going to go because the last time 
that he saw Mario in his kitchen, he was hurling a bowl of risotto at his head, which ended up crashing against the wall in the kitchen. Mark Oath was, that is. Um, it's also, there's also a time where Gordon has admitted this too, that there was a time he said something to Gordon Ramsay when Gordon Ramsay was still a sous chef, and Gordon Ramsay ended up just curling up in the corner and crying with his head in his hands and, like, rocking in the fetal position, literally. So that's what this man is, like, capable of. He's a fucking psychopath. And, you know, when you listen to his story, when you listen to his book and you listen to him speak about his early life, you know, he didn't come from a whole lot and he did, you know, have to work to do this. And he found out that when he was very young that he, you know, really enjoyed this. And, you know, whether or not he struggled is not really the point. I think even him, even a bastard like that guy, is really cooking for other people. And what I've come to realize with all this, as this may seem like a crazy, like, 25-minute or so rant, is that diving into this book has kind of sparked, um, has kind of sparked something in me where I'm kind of realizing that I've kind of already been on this path a little bit. I mean, I am known for being a little bit uh, chatty and hyper, and in my personal life, not in front of other people, usually just with, like, my wife or something, I'm usually known for you know, not at her, just in the kitchen, especially <laughs> like getting, you know, like annoyed very easily, mainly when I'm cooking, pretty much only when I'm cooking. Um, I, I, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself in the kitchen and I don't know why, because I'm constantly reminding myself that I'm not a professional cook. I'm a home cook that decided to start a food business. Like I'm not a chef and I should know that. But for some reason, I feel like there's something inside of me that knows that I'm capable of like cooking really well. And when something goes wrong, it really fucking irritates me. Like, it really does. And the weirdest thing, and I've said this on a few podcasts, the weirdest thing is that it usually happens with, like, like the simplest thing. It happens with, like, me not trying to burn a grilled cheese. It happens with me not, you know, trying to get the perfect runny egg yolk. You know? It's, like, simple things like that. And when those get fucked up, I just, I, I just lose it, which is the weirdest thing. But, you know, I'm working on it. And, you know, I've come to realize, though, I've kind of started to be okay with not being, like, you know, this incredible cook in the kitchen. Like, I know that I'm a really good cook. I'm not, you know, the best that I know I, by any means whatsoever. I'm, I know I'm better than average, but I also know that I'm not at that level of, like, oh, yeah, I'm ready for the CIA, you know, or, you know, any of those amazing cooking schools. But I think being okay with that, like being okay with not being okay. You know what I mean? That's like a big thing in this book too, is like, if you're feeling like shit and in, in just in general, this doesn't have to be in your kitchen. I'm talking about like in life, if you're ever feeling like shit, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling like you can't amount to something or whatever, it's because we've all kind of built up this idea of like, you know, the enemy being mediocrity, you know, the enemy being average, the enemy being just, you know, below whatever. And he, uh, Mark Manson brings up a really good point in this book where it's like, you know, if like everyone's bred to believe that they are, you know, incredible and heroes and special and not to be cynical, but if that were true, it would actually nullify everything and nobody would be special, which is kind of depressing to think about. But also like, who cares? Who gives a shit? So I think, you know, you kind of have to start thinking like that maybe where you need to be more present. Don't think that every, you need to achieve this amazing, fantastical destiny fantasy goal of yours. Like, you can certainly have things that you want to accomplish, but also, you know, be okay with whatever space you're in. You know, I mean, that's part of it, is being okay with who you are and where you are in your life. You know? I mean, that's 
that's really what it's about. I think I've become okay with the fact that I do a couple things really well, but I do a few things really, really well, and other things I just don't do well, you know? Like, I happily admit to people that I have a very limited realm of, like, baking, you know? Like, I make really good everything bagels from scratch, like bagels from scratch. Like, I make really good bagels, and I do really good soft pretzels as well, and pizza dough, and loaves of bread. But when it comes to, like, more delicate stuff, pretty much any kind of cake, <laughs> like, at all, things that require actual, like, science and, like, patience, <laughs> um, I, I don't, you know, I don't do well at that. I, I went on live Instagram last night, I said the same exact thing, because it's 100% true. I just, it's a, baking, as you people know, is a fucking science. It is an exact science, and you cannot mess it up, because if you mess it up and you pull it out of the oven and it's fucked up, you're done, that's it, you know? So I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm starting to be a little more okay with me being okay, if that makes any goddamn sense. Um, so yeah, I'm starting to wind down here, and I want to thank everybody for staying on this this uh, solo, the solo dolo episode here. I, uh, I haven't done one of these since the beginning of quarantine in 2020. Like, the very beginning. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I recorded one, like, March 28th or some shit. And I listen to it now. And I'm like, man, I didn't do half that shit. <laughs> oh, God. Like, literally, I listened to it. I'm like, oof. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I had so many plans. What the fuck happened, man? <laughs> um, which is kind of depressing, but also kind of funny in a way. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway. So, like I said, stay tuned for next episodes coming out. Um, I'm going to have three more episodes after this with amazing guests. I listed them in the beginning. And again, this is the test to see if you really were listening to the show. Um, But yeah, I'm going to have some great people coming on. And I really appreciate people who have taken their time out to listen. People who have bought the hot sauce and the spice rubs on Etsy, thank you so much. People, I just did a collab with my friend Jade and her company, Granulated. And if you don't know Granulated, look it up on fucking Instagram, at granulated.co on Instagram. And we just released kitchen towels together because our logos and our, our styles as far as, you know, um, you know, creatively are not that far apart. And she has all these lines that are based on just like food and baking. She has a whole biscotti line. It's just, it's so amazing. And to everybody, we actually just sold out of the towels. So people who bought the towels, thank you so, so much. I, I, I can't even begin to describe to you how fucking awesome that is. Like, I've, it was the first actual piece of merch that I ever had made um, for other people to buy. And the fact that people wanted them was just incredible. I mean, it's just it's it just means the world to me, seriously. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for better episodes, guys. You know, I'm going to... The next episode won't be solo. I mean, I don't really do these that often, you know, because I'm, uh, I'm rarely home during the day. But I absolutely will try to sprinkle in another solo one. I think, you know, I think um, there might be a few people that end up listening to this, maybe, if you've made it this far <laughs> with my with my soft and soothing voice. No, just kidding. Um, man, I think I even did that on an earlier episode where I was, like, pretending to be the guy from Headspace. It's like, hello, make you all say you're taking a wonderful chair. Like, whatever the fuck he says. I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying anymore. Anyway, I'm at 31 minutes. I'm going to cut it. So, guys, thank you so much. Stay tuned for more episodes. I'll be recording more within the next probably uh, two weeks or so. So later May and the beginning of June, you'll have some great episodes to listen to. Thank you to everybody who just recently followed me on Instagram. If you have any requests for stuff you want me to cook, 
shoot me a DM at Captain Cooks Food. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook at Captain Cooks Food. You can find me at Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Captain Cooks Food. Um, my blog, which is CaptainCooksFood.wordpress.com. A lot of people don't know I have a blog, but I do. Um, so check me out at all those places. Feel free to send me a DM or a message, even if you want to just chat. And stay classy, stay tuned for the next episode, and I love you all. Thank you so much.